0: Welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. And um, it's been an interesting week. Uh, We are a day removed from uh, my first uh, experience testifying before Congress, which um, was very interesting. I'm actually writing a piece, a a little sort of follow-up piece about it now. And one of the things that I say in the opening is uh, I spent the night before nervously preparing for um a wave of serious attacks on my character uh and then we i showed up and it was like an episode of black adder slash congress you know um it was (laughs) it it was like a parody version of what i was expecting and um i don't know walter
1: did did, i'm assuming did did you watch any of it or or? oh i watched all of it matt (laughs) um I I was I was there at you, in your at home audience uh on the edge of my seat uh you suggest that the attacks on your character were not as fierce as you anticipated well they or, were fierce more. but
0: they weren't they weren't um devastated. like in other words if they wanted to dig like they you know it wouldn't take a lot to dredge up things that I would have had a hard time explaining you know like Um, Right, right. I have a past that, you know, in my 20s, I I did some pretty crazy things and um, they could have brought all that stuff up. And um, and instead they came at me, you know, they came with things that actually almost to the last member. Undermined exactly the case that uh, I think they were trying to make or 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 actually furthered our case, In in almost every uh, instance, so um,
1: yeah. I mean, which of those which of those attacks did you find most absurd, and which did you find most penetrating, as it were?
0: Oh, so I was just, I would, I would say, and I'm spending a lot of time in this writing. uh, I was writing about this this morning. The attacks by Daniel Sachs Goldman, by the way, that's his actual
1: name. uh, The Mm -hmm. the. He's named after an investment firm. Well,
0: <laughs> he 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 actually isn't, but he his ex wife right. is a VP at Goldman Sachs, believe it or not. So that must have been confusing. Um, but right. um, but he's a um, again our mutual friend uh, has has long said that the Democrats since the the sixties have been stuck uh, regurgitating or trotting out um, wannabe Kennedy clones. And this is the latest. He's Dan Goldman is of New York is one of one of the more recent versions of this prototype. He's a uh he, he's an heir to the Levi Strauss fortune. He's worth $250 million. Um mm-hmm. he um he was the lead prosecutor in the um in U- Ukraine Gate impeachment. He went to Stanford, uh was an assistant U.S. attorney. At uh, the Southern District of New York, so he has a kind of Bobby Kennedy uh, background. He's a he's a tough on crime Democrat who's against Medicare for all and, and the Green New Deal. So he's kind of a, a triangulator, which they also love. But his his mm-hmm. question to me, what w- to me it was it was so baffling on the level of not grasping basic civil liberties issues. For a lawyer to ask those questions, I thought was amazing because what he was saying is, do you agree with the indictments, um, the Robert Mueller's two indictments? And you can see like in the hearing. Indictments I, of whom? The, so one of them was of the 12 GRU officers and the other one was of the Internet Research Agency, Concord Consulting, Yevgeny Pregosian and others. Um mm-hmm. So that was the case that was dropped. Remember, we can get into that. But uh, but the whole idea of asking, do you agree with the indictments? And and I froze because I couldn't tell whether he was asking, do I think these people are guilty? Or is he is he asking if I agreed with the decision to indict? And I didn't have enough. And and these are. Mm
1: These are Russian entities, we should remind the audience. Right,
0: this is all connected with Russiagate. This, so one, one yeah. of them is the troll farm that, that was putting out, um, you know, ostensibly putting out ads that you know interfered with the election. And the other one is it, it's a uh, unit of the GRU that's allegedly responsible for hacking the hack of the DNC and turning over material to WikiLeaks. Um, right. Both of these indictments are unique because there is no indication in either one how they intended to prove any of these connections. They didn't let on how they got any of that in- evidence. So it's not like a murder indictment where it says, um, you know, age, you know, officer so-and-so interviewed, you know, this person who said, I saw person X walking out of the house with the bloody knife. Like, you know, that's going to be part of the evidence. Um, it's not in there. More to the point, I mean, an indictment is is a prosecutor um, laying out a case, making making assertions, but they're not proven until they've had a chance to be, you know, tried and they have to survive a challenge by a competent defense. This is all civil liberties one on one stuff. You can't say this. He said he said it definitively established the conspiracy when none of these,
1: neither of these cases went to court. Um, So I was blown away by that. Yeah. You were asked to agree with indictments for which you have seen no evidence. None of us have. And which never went to court and whose, uh, whose targets are foreign entities who were impossible to bring to court in any practical sense and who never spoke for themselves in their defense.
0: Right. So what does that tell I mean again this is this goes straight to the heart of what, what we've been trying to say which is what, what, what the underlying theme of the of the panel um, I, I was at the weaponization of government committee testifying about the Twitter files. And the mm-hmm. main thrust of what we were talking about is this idea of these, these anti-disinformation people who kind of decide who's guilty and who's not. And there's no due process and you can end up demonetized and all these other things. And that that's exactly right. what what this former U.S. attorney was doing, like, uh, let alone some expert at Stanford University. So, so self-proclaimed disinformation expert saying that for a prosecutor to say that something's been proven because you wrote an indictment really
1: speaks to the mindset, you know, I don't know. They might want to go back and, 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 uh, see his bar, uh, his bar exam (laughs) and, and check whether he knows the difference between an indictment and a conviction, uh, and what proof constitutes and so on. But he, it would seem to me, he continued in the same vein of, uh, you know, guilt by association, because from the outside, what it appeared he was doing was asking whether you and your alleged Russian compatriots in disinformation are on the same page. I, did he expect you to say, I don't agree, those are my friends, and, I, you know, as a fellow Russian disinformer, I, I, I don't like to see our side prosecuted. I mean, it was a ridiculous, leading, innuendo-filled uh attempt to join you to people who you don't know uh, and couldn't possibly uh, know anything about. Um, Yeah, you're right. But Matt, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest that there were attacks that were even more hilarious in a way. I mean, that one proved that he is not the prosecutor he might pretend to be in his knowledge of the law. There were some others that, Proved people were just sheer idiots. Oh, Garcia um, with Twitter was okay. hilarious, but we can talk about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to start. I'm going to start with uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Strangely, um, she wanted to know, or no, she didn't want to know much actually, because she didn't ask many questions. She just railed at you, basically. And one of the things she railed at you for was the fact that it may be that your sources. In the Twitter file story, have agendas, um, and she wanted to know uh, in her very leading statement, which she didn't allow you to answer. She cut you off every time you interjected. Um, whether or not your sources in this might have, um, you know, might have intentions, and uh, she suggested that in journalism, about which she knows a lot, it seems, uh, but on inspection knows nothing, uh, having sources with intentions, agendas, um, motives is a no-no, which would have ruled out Deep Throat, of course. Um, uh, it would have ruled out Daniel Ellsberg of the Pentagon Papers. And Michael made that point, it by the way. It would ruled out Michael Schellenberger made that point. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. And it would have ruled out every source who's ever come to me as a journalist in my entire life. I've never had one say, listen, I have some information for you, but I don't care how you uh, use it. Uh, Well, they don't care how you use it and they have no power over how you use it when they come to you. But I just want to share it to you share it with you for no reason at all. I, I came, I came here with uh, you know, even though I had to walk or drive, you know, just because I was passing by and I noticed you're a journalist and I thought I might drop this off. Um, you know, uh, it, so that showed no understanding either of history of journalism or of human behavior and psychology. But second of all, she questioned, the fact that you may have as a business, as a journalist who does this for a living, may receive money as a result of your work as a journalist, um, that that could only compromise us. I mean, uh, I, I say facetiously, So there was a question as to whether journalism, can be at all a, a, a sort of remunerative or for profit enterprise at all. They don't ask that of The New York Times. They don't say, you know, or they don't say of the Washington Post, you know, after after Watergate, there were movies made of your uh, enterprise and you might have you might have had a higher circulation as a result. Um, I mean, the Washington Post has dined out on Watergate and made it a part of its sort of business aura for how many, you know, yeah, a long time. They've, they've, they've done a good uh, job of that, actually. Yeah. Uh exactly and the new york times the paper of the pentagon papers and so on which has you know um pushed its own uh, uh magic on us as a, you know as a society based on these kind of scoops is apparently um you know is apparently not affected by the same conflicts of interest that you would be if you make money in journalism uh it was it was ridiculous and and uh, I thought at the end of her little presentation, it could be applied to any witness they ever bring from the press. Uh, and, and I thought, if she wants to apply this equally, there basically couldn't be a, a, a free press in America. I don't, I, you know, she was so caught up in her gotcha stuff and her ridiculous uh, attempts to, you know, Assassinate your character. That I don't think she thought about the implications of anything. But that was kind of what the questioning from the minority was like to me. They 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 adduced principles in their questions that were just breathtaking in their stupidity and in the notion that and, and, and in the notion that the press should somehow be I don't know uh, a a true servant of the state and. And and for no money. <laughs>
0: right. And for, for no pay. And uh, yeah, no, that that whole thing was really strange. And then then then, then she the, the temerity to ask that if we had been paid to testify, um, which was
1: that that was that was another breathtaking moment. Had you been paid to testify? I mean, I, I didn't even know what to say to that. I, I I didn't even have time to get angry at that. I
0: was, I, I was so taken aback by the fact that that question had been asked that um i had no i had no comeback for that um but the whole thing about money look you know, if i'm being completely honest about this the twitter files i knew from the beginning was an explosive story that that i could probably probably spend years working on um of course you're going to do it once you see the material it's uh it's a right. great story and uh early on you know i mean I, i'm I'm probably uh, long term as a as a business decision I, I do think it's going to pay off. I mean, I think that's likely. Um it's not the major consider, consideration for me. Um I, but it, there's no
1: reason that that that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, if if it is one. Well there there was another phrase she used and she used it several times that I that 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 really got me rocking with laughter. She talked about attention addiction. She, she, she suggested that uh, attention addiction is a powerful drug. I don't know if that's exactly how she said it, but she said something to that effect and that you suffer from it. Um, and rather, and politicians uh, don't actually, right. Um, right. she suggested. Uh, so, so under the influence of attention addiction, uh, uh, a huge, greedy motive to uh you know rake in the bucks uh and you know whatever other motives just to destroy the democratic party or something i don't know uh you you launched the twitter files you know that that's, that was the impression that her presentation left it was a complete uh, uh attack on your motives not your character uh your character by implication and What I found so strange about it was that no one there could grapple, really, with the content of the presentation. It was, you know, it was shoot the messenger and so on. But I thought, why did the Democrats make a strategic decision that they would not defend freedom of speech in this hearing? Um, It it could easily have been a hearing in which they uh, said, you know, thank you for your work. Uh, you know, we're concerned about this too. We think you got it wrong, but, um, you know, this is a great issue and, and we're happy to be here defending it. Instead, they went on a fierce partisan line from the very beginning and from the opening statement of the ranking member. It was just uh, absolutely did, paid no attention to the principles at stake Refuse to uh, concede that they are important. Um, Refuse to uh, recognize that the Democrats should, in some way, be as concerned as anyone about them. And uh, it, you know, it it just became a jihad. And to me, watching as a sort of political thinker, it was a huge lost opportunity because they could have, uh, you know, they could have evinced concern about freedom of speech, civil liberties um the the uh the unity of government and corporate power and so on and and probably diffused the whole thing but instead they created a greatest hits of ridiculous and uh you know contradictory attacks they call i mean they didn't suggest it was a sexual threesome but they but they but they implied <laughs> well maybe they did they 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 implied that you Barry Weiss um, and uh, Michael Stellenberger operating on the Twitter files was some kind of uh, escapade of of potential erotic uh, intensity, yeah, threesome. And, yeah, uh, no, no. yeah. And I was just I, I was just shocked. I mean, if history repeats itself, you know, as farce, this was the farcical version of the McCarthy hearings. right?
0: Yeah, it, it was like. It was dumb Huac, basically, right? Um yeah. <laughs> and Huac <laughs> for dummies. yeah Huac Huac for dummies, which which I guess makes sense in in the modern age. But yeah, you're absolutely right. They 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 identified things that were all standard issue um, practices for journalists. We all had we all have sources that have motives. That's one thing. This whole thing about cherry picking, which is a talking point that somebody came up with very early in this process that's been repeated probably 10 million times since December. Um, every news story is cherry-picked. Uh, we do not sit down and put the entire subset of all things that we know into an article, right? We're always picking and choosing. Um, And it's, even when we have a huge data set, the only exception to that you can argue is something like WikiLeaks, which they hate. Um and you know have 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 decided that anybody who engages in that kind of journalism must spend the rest of their life in prison so that was crazy um and then the idea that that, that a journalist should you know can make money um I, I is is another thing that was that was crazy um i i, I didn't really
1: know how to answer that uh well, well you, you you attempted to suggest that the money coming in uh, perhaps as a result of the Twitter files uh, sensation was also going out in the form of payment to new journalists and, and investments into your company. Um, they didn't want to hear that. Uh, they they didn't want to hear anything from you. I, I mean, uh, a, a, as a, you know, as a person who stands up for journalists and as a friend of Matt Taibbi, I sat there, you know, like Leonardo DiCaprio in in uh once upon a time in Hollywood in my armchair you know pointing at the screen um <laughs> you know wanting to jump up and defend but I couldn't it was it was really strange
0: there i mean there was a there was a a, a scene I, I would say the the most difficult part was for me was the exchange with Con- congressman allred um who is, let's see, what state is he from? I can't remember. Uh, he's from Texas. But um, he and he, he went into this long thing about, first he went into the th- a thing about Kanye's uh, tweet, and then he went into tweets that used the N-word. Um, and then he went into a whole thing about Lev Parnas and, and the Russians and how there had been a conviction in that case. And I asked permission to answer. And he said, denied, you know, um, that's not how this works, because what I would have said was you're making the the case for us. Like there is an appropriate venue to deal with um, actual foreign interference if it exists um, or campaign finance violations or illegal use of social media. It's the criminal justice system, which worked in your case. Uh, you know, he, and, and that's how we do it. We don't go, we don't do an end round N run around the law and just decide who we think is good and bad and take them off the internet. Um, so that was weird. And then the whole sourcing thing was, was so strange because look, it's not a situation where there's a mole inside the Pentagon or a war zone who's, who's, whose life is going to be lost as a result of. Disclosing it, but um, you know, I made a deal for an attribution. If I break that, then 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 subsequent sources are not are going to see that I can't be trusted, and they won't talk to me.
1: And what you 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 said the whole sourcing thing, and by that you mean their insistence that you reveal your sources in the Twitter files,
0: right? And and it's not it's, it's not a, a Hercule Poirot mystery, like how the genesis of this story, although it's more complicated than people think. But um, but again, it's yeah, it's funny because I was just reading the Aspen Institute um, report on disinformation disorder. And they're talking about how we need to have all these new systems because we're in this crisis of trust and truth. Um, and mm-hmm. the yes, the, there is a problem. People don't believe mainstream press anymore. Um, and why is that? Well, they keep making huge mistakes for one thing, like the WMD thing or the Russiagate thing. Uh, but also, I think people have very serious questions about the ethics of reporters now. Uh, so... Right. This idea of of try of trying to get somebody to violate even pretend, you know, a not particularly serious agreement, maybe it represents a total misunderstanding
1: of how how this whole thing works. Um, Well, and they were trying to get they were trying to get a reporter to reveal his sources on television in front of Congress In a way that would forever be recorded and set a precedent, uh, which might cause them in future times to say, "Well, Matt Taibbi gave uh, gave a a satisfaction in naming his source. Why won't you?" Um, You know, this is a this is a wall that can't be breached. uh, But once in in these settings, Um, and any journalist who would be willing to would be, I think, responsible for future uh aggression against journalists so uh whether or not in this case uh there might be um some 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 you know special reasons why it might not be as big a mystery as it is in others you you can't go ahead and do it uh and and uh they seemed unable to uh process that or maybe. They just wanted you to resist them. I mean, th- th- those were not questions that were asked with any realistic expectation that you would answer, uh, you know, with a name. Sure. But but
0: I mean, that's a, that's the kind of question that that I think that's bad video for them.
1: Um, and Matt, it was all bad video. Yeah. I, I really that that portion of which. That portion of it, which was able to be clipped or turned into, you know, sound bites or short pieces, was across the board bad. Um, if if they made any points in their long perorations, uh, then those who are willing to watch the whole thing can witness those. But as far as moments went, it was a disaster, I can tell you as a screenwriter. In fact it was kind of a sleepy hearing that, you know, isn't a headlining uh, sort of event that one didn't expect would yield sound bites or, or, or pungent moments, but yielded a lot of them. And, and in fact, I, I was surprised. I went, wow, you know, here's this kind of process oriented hearing that, you know, for Matt and Michael and the people involved might be important. And for those who are especially intensely committed to the uh, question of free speech. But it became a kind of circus of uh, of, of widespread appeal. <laughs> I, I, I mean, when, when when the representative from Texas confessed that she didn't know what Substack was, um, she thought uh, apparently it was some fly-by-night thing that you po- make posts to in the middle of the night, you know, maybe up there with, uh, I don't know, 4chan or something. Um, But not only did she say she didn't know what it was, she she implied that it wasn't worth knowing. Um, And at that point, I wanted to say, it's the place where Matt publishes the stories that you are here to discuss. (laughs) Um, You know what Twitter is. Uh, Well, no, she doesn't, yeah. I mean that
0: was another part of it, because yeah. if, if you watch if you watch the video, it's funny because there's a moment um where I am deeply confused as to what she's saying because well she she asked me what the what the conditions were I said an attribution, and then I had to break the stuff on Twitter, and then she said, but didn't you give it to, to the committee and um and at first I said, well, that's not breaking the story, um, really. Uh, but then I realized that she thinks that that I think she thought I meant that Twitter was some kind of editor for me. And then I was submitting um, documents to Twitter first. Uh, and then you can hear one of her aides whispering to her. I, I, I could hear one of her aides whispering to her something like. Um. No, it was published, or no, it was posted, or something like that. Behind, right? Uh, because I don't think she got that. That's what Twitter is. It's a place where you just put things up. You, you don't have to. There's no middle, you know, middleman or anything like that.
1: Um.
0: So that was surreal well, to too. Be
1: part of it, yeah. to be part of a hearing on the Twitter files and not understand what Twitter is is you know par for the course, I guess, for uh, anyone who has a cynical view. Um, but uh, Congressman Garcia, was that mm, her name? Yes. Or Congressman yeah. Garcia. Oh, by the way, I liked when you uh, were corrected for not referring to Barry Weiss as Ms. Barry Weiss. Um,
0: <laughs> uh, was I? I didn't even you know, know, hear that.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, what What's her name? Raskett? R- the, Plaskett. The, plus, the plus the plus yeah. I mispronounced yeah, her name. Yeah, she, mm-hmm. she, she jumped in to suggest that Barry Weiss's title is Ms., and you had, I don't know, miss-somethinged something, miss her, not misgendered, but, you know... Misidentified, um, I guess. Yeah. Misidentified or mistitled her. Um, poor Barry must have f- felt left out, uh, you know, of this whole thing uh, as the absent member of the threesome <laughs> stuck on the West Coast. Um Could you imagine if, and and so
0: they were talking about this afterwards, could you imagine if a couple
1: of... If
0: you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week. To hear the rest of our conversation, please subscribe at taibi.substack.com.